This is JFM Podcast. A very good morning to you. Thank you for staying with the Morning J on J101.9 FM. It's still the breakfast show. And it is two minutes past the hour of 9 a.m. Today is Thursday and it is August 18, 2022. I hope you are having a wonderful time staying tuned to this station. And, um, well, a lot has been going down. Uh, today wraps up uh, this particular segment, this particular program as well uh, on the Morning J, which is the flagship program Let's Talk. Uh, a lot has happened this week. Uh, we saw the blackout yesterday. Oh, that gave me a scare. All right. I'm like, oh, my world. I didn't plan for this one at all. You know, I was really, really worried. But when I woke up this morning, I had lights again. And then there was the news that they had called off the strike. So uh, it was such a huge, huge, huge relief to me, I must say. And um, well, it's a, it's a relief for just, <clears throat> I would have to say, it's a relief for just um, it's a relief for just two weeks though because uh, that is what the electricity uh, company are saying it's just a relief for two weeks and now we're hoping that in that uh, two weeks something you know would be uh, some kind of solution will, will be reached and then we will not see uh, you know this kind of blackout anymore because I mean after shutting down the national grid for more than five hours you know and plunging the entire country into darkness uh, they are saying that um, They've suspended the strike by two weeks, you know, and the decision was taken after a conciliation meeting between the federal government and the striking electricity workers, which held in Abuja. And, um, well, uh, Chris Ngigi also was in attendance, the Minister of Power, Abu Bakr Aliyu, and Minister of State for Power, Godi Jedi Agba. And at the end of the meeting, the Secretary of the Union, uh, that is uh, of the National Union of Electricity Employees of Nigeria, uh, also was present, and the general, uh, the President General Senior Staff Association of Allied Electricity, uh, also assured the minister that all necessary steps will be taken to restore the supply of electricity to the country immediately. Well, these are, I would say, heavy uh, weights and heavy names. You know, putting their name and saying that they would restore electricity, the supply of electricity to the country immediately, and we're going to hold them to their words. We do hope that they will keep to it, uh, because we have seen so many things. Uh, at this time where the, 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 they give orders, you know, to say they're going to do, but, you know, giving orders is not enough, you know. Uh, put, you have to do more than that. Just uh, give orders and, you know, uh, uh, deliberate policies, they say, go beyond just speech at this time. But then another issue uh, besides electricity and the blackout we saw yesterday that has been making the rounds also, uh, we saw protests in Jaws City, and um, concerning uh, the imbroglio between the Plateau State government, uh, the Jais Bank uh, issue, you know, concerning the rebuilding, rehabilitation of the Just Terminus market and the citizens, those who were for and against. Uh, Bagos also has been speaking concerning that, uh, you know, and, um, you know, <clears throat> all uh, at the same time, uh, we'll find out, you know, which way we should go, you know, uh, the government, which way should the government not go, 
Uh, does it have a political or religious coloration? Uh, should we go ahead with such a plan? Uh, the PIPC MD, that's a Plateau Investment Property Company uh, MD, made a statement as to not allowing the lead to lead, actually. So I'm, I wonder uh, how you know we view, we would view such a statement as well. Well, this morning, I have in the studio with me uh, two gentlemen and one reaching me via phone. And um, let me introduce to you Mr. Adamu Idris Tenimu Esquire. He's a lecturer with Faculty of Law, Bauchi State, University of Gudo. Good morning to you, Mr. Adamu. Thank you for joining us. Well, good morning, listeners. Good to have you here for the first time. Well, thank you. I'm happy to be here this morning. Okay. And I have also Mr. John Keller. He's a public space analyst. Good morning, Plato. And I have Mr. Patrick Silas Dung. He's also a public space analyst. Good morning, Mr. Silas. Thank you for joining us via phone in Abuja. Thank you, and uh, good morning, Zoe. Good morning to our listeners out there. Just it's good to be on the show again. Okay, so um, let's start with the blackout yesterday, uh, Barrister Tanimu, Mr. Idris Tanimu Esquire. Let's start with the blackout yesterday. How how, how was your reaction to that? By Did you experience any blackout? Yes, I have experienced blackout between the hours of two p.m. in the afternoon to four a.m. this morning, mm. which is quite unfortunate. You know that. Um, as maybe is the attitude of this current administration, when there is a lot of warnings by the workers that were about to take this, were about to take this, and Mr. President has his word every time, I'm assuring you that, I'm assuring that, you that. At the end of the day, that the workers went on strike and almost all the country is in total blackout, which is unfortunate that they are now as they are saying that um, this issue, they are following the rule of law, which type of rule of law, when under these circumstances, that at the end, when the strike is on, is at that time that the government is calling on the the workers that they are going to the negotiation table. And even yesterday, after the Federal Executive Council meeting, both the Minister of Power and the Minister of Labor, and even the Minister of Nature Delta, they are discussing the respect of gas. This is not the time that for them to be discussing of this issue of gas. And even the minister was minister of power was assuring that before the end of the Federal Executive Council, everything is going to be settled. Nigerians they are going to have power. But at the end of the day, we don't have the power in just here. And they, they tested to see, first of all. Yes, they, they tried to see that when the power is up, that a lot have been a lot of social media criticism left and right from the by by the by, by the general pop, by the Nigerians who are showing that their grievances and their outcry what the government is doing is not proper. The government need to look at another channel. Issue of strike is not is not the best solution. Hmm, well, only the language that Nigerian government understand is strike. Hmm. But if they have not shut down this national grid, I think the government will not call them to the negotiation table. Hmm, wow. Hmm. Well, it looks like that's the only language they understand. Mr. Silas, I know you're big on labor and you know how issues of labor are handled as well. Mr. Silas, Patrick, doing this. what's your take? Did you witness any power outage yesterday? Where you, did you witness a blackout in Abuja? Oh, the capital city? Yeah. Um, yesterday, I think it's about um, eight. All three or thereabouts here in Abuja, um, there was total blackout, and um, I would say uh, I just got like yeah, just like um, 15, 20 minutes ago, that's when they restored power here in the federal capital. 
Well, unfortunately, uh, like my brother in the studio did say, um, it appears the only language uh, the federal government of Nigeria understands is uh, strike. Uh, that is not to say that um, some of these things are not known to them uh, prior to when these uh, issues of uh, strike or workers having to down tools appear. Uh, what are the issues, basically? But before we even look at the issues as um, you know, the electricity workers put out there, we, we, we know there hasn't been like in this country for some time now. If you have followed the trend, mm-hmm. I'm not sure that is ever a day in this country that you are not out of power for at least 12 hours. Sometimes the light comes and goes. Within an hour, you will see outage for like 20 to 30 times. And you begin to wonder, even before the strike, I mean, uh, by the uh, electricity workers, did we actually have the light in this country? Hmm. The answer is no. So the little we have that has been managed or shared across the country it's also epileptic. And honestly, uh, the reasons they put out for this uh, unfortunate uh, strike they, they embarked upon yesterday, uh, one that just baffles everyone uh, so in So what, what are some of the reasons uh, they put out? Uh, some of the reasons the they, 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 uh, workers' union uh, put out, uh, they said there were issues of uh, is victimization of former PHTN staff by the TCN. I mean, that shouldn't be an issue that we'll have to an entire nation uh, into total blackout because we want mm. to resolve. Uh, when you talk about stigmatization, what are you stigmatizing? Uh, the same workers who work with the former PHPN, another power holding company in Nigeria, are the ones either working with the TCN today, some were retained by the discos, and we shouldn't be talking about victimization or stigmatization like they call it. Why are they doing that? These are Nigerians, these companies are here in Nigeria, these are people who have worked with the government before. If you feel you cannot work with them, you can lay them off. Uh, one other issue I think they also put out uh, from my interaction with a friend who happens to be part of the labor union uh, said that um, there were outstanding areas of former employees of the power holding company of Nigeria. So the question then is, uh, so you who are inside the system now feel the only way you can help your other colleagues who are out of the system is by downing tools, putting a mission into blackout so they can be paid. Why don't you go dialogue? Yes, I agree that the only language the government understands is when they uh, hear of... I wanted to say, ASU has been dialoguing for a while now, you know. All right, thank you, Silas. Mr. John Keller, did you experience the blackout too? Yeah, certainly. When I got home yesterday... But like we said, there's normally no light, like Silas already pointed out. So why why was yesterday not just another day where there was just no light? But the little regularly that you could get for like five hours... Okay, didn't go according to the pattern. very correct. Okay. And um, to me, this is one of the many misfortunes that Nigerians are grappling with at the moment. Um, Because the issue of electricity is a very key factor as far as industrialization is concerned. And when you look at the Nigerian environment, it has been so unfortunate for a very long time. Nigerians are paying for blackout. And my sympathy always goes with those who are into the production line. Because as an accountant, I know very well what it means for you to put in your money into an investment and for you to get profit at the end of the day. But unfortunately, what we see is that even those who are struggling to survive and are into, you know, um, trying to get make ends meet out of the little, 
you buy fuel, you power your generator, and you power your business. And at the end of the day, you get outrageous bills from the power holding company. And you pay for that blackout that you didn't enjoy in the process. I always say that this is a consumable company. You pay for the services being rendered. But what I see often is that we don't pay for those services. Rather, we pay for what we do not enjoy at the end of the day. So going on strike, it means invariably that Nigerians are being subjected to another level of slavery. And I always put it this straight. is simply a case of suffering and smiling. And because the government has decided not to be proactive in terms of helping the Nigerian people, governance is all about providing services to the people and make the people comfortable. But the Nigerian scenario has been so different over time that whatever step you take in trying to help yourself to survive, you are not being encouraged by the government. That is where the issue of the enabling environment also comes in. And I bet you that there are quite a lot of companies who have ordinarily invested in the Nigerian economy, but because of the power outage, they can't do it. So that Be makes ease of doing business so no, difficult. No, very difficult. I, I remember very, very well. Terrain. Very correct. Yeah. I remember very well there are quite a lot of people who <coughs> intend to invest in the Nigerian economy. But when they discovered that power is a very big problem, mm. right? most of them shifted their investment to other African countries. Ease of doing business is a problem it's indeed. Of course it is. Mm. Well, talking talking about uh, business, you know, let's let's talk about this issue, uh, the just ultra modern market. Um, well, the. There's, there's been a debate concerning this, you know. Uh, they say the market is worth over 100 trillion naira uh, value when established. It can generate 1 trillion naira annually. It can give a GDP of almost 1 trillion naira a year, you know. <clears throat> and then uh, there's, there's, there's this argument that everybody wants the market built, but one, some don't want the current location, they want a location change. Some don't care who builds it, of course. You always have those uh, segments in the society as well. Uh, then the condition, again, under which the MOU is a 60-40, but some want a reverse. Some are worried about the security of the market. Just North is known to be a volatile place. Anything can happen. Most times, uh, there's some kind of crisis. So many feel that location is a no-no. Some want it changed to something else other than a market. And then, so the major issue is location, condition of the investor. Well, for me, these are the street opinions uh, that I've been able to gather about this. Then, of course, those who feel, okay, um, <clears throat> Does it have a political or religious coloration? Again, mm. that's the latent uh, sure. uh, other part of it again. You know, so, and then people, those who feel, oh, it's our heritage, you know, and then we, the electorates, we have the right to decide, uh, you know, this is our land. We, want, we, we have the right to decide if we want this or not, and if we don't feel comfortable with this because of some trust issues that we've had on ground, mm -hmm. we demand that you listen to us. Mm. I mean, there's so many angles to yeah. this, you know. Yeah, and so let, let's, let's understand that. Uh, that's the major reason uh, why I brought in uh, uh, Barrister uh, Tenimu Esquire, Adamu Idris Tenimu, his lecturer with the Faculty of Law, Bauchi State University of Goodall. So, so let's hear your take on this before I bring in Mr. John Keller and Mr. Silas Patrick Doe. <coughs> uh, 
Yes, uh, in respect of the uh, issue of Jaith Bank and the rebuilding of Josman Market, first of all, before delving into this issue, let me, yesterday, in your evening program, I listened to the former member representing Jos, South Jos East, that is uh, Honorable Kazi, and the current member representing Riom, that is um, Honorable Dangto. But in in the course of your asking discussion, you have have answered some some of the question by yourself by saying issue of religion and politics. When you look at the guest speakers yesterday that discussed in the evening during your evening program with mm. Pansak, mm. do you dwell in most of what, what they discussed? They try to look at it from the political perspective. Okay issue of politics, that is this, they are trying to look at it from that. Mm -hmm. And equally at the same time, when you look at the issue of digital building of Josman Market, the issue of the location or the issue of that, the market to be related to, to another area and maybe within just metropolis or to another place, that all these are not the issue of argument. One, in one of your, in the, in the course of asking this question, you try to put at issue of distrust, that is trust deficit. Because the electorate, the electorate in general, they, have, they didn't trust this administration, the long administration, of undertaking this giant... From your observation. Yes, from my observation, mm. from readings of papers and from the interview that your station tried to conduct with a lot of stakeholders from Plateau. Mm. Most of them, when you look at the, they have the two honorable stats were here yesterday. When you look at, they try to look at it purely from political point of view. Mm. So, what angle do you want to look at it from? I, I try to look at it from the position of Jai's Bank. When you look at Jai's Bank, it's a business venture. Jai's Bank. What brought Jai's Bank into place is a bank, non-interest banking. means that it's, it's different from other conventional banks. That's Fed Bank, Union Bank, and other banks. Mm. If they are going to view this market under memorandum of understanding, this under Islamic banking system, we have what they call Istina. Istina is an Arabic word. means that contract of manufacturing. The Jai's Bank came into this all these indigenous affairs as a result of the state government want individuals or maybe want companies to come and rebuild this judgment market. You know, before, under the Procurement Act, before anything, or government want to do something, budget, maybe make an advice as the national dailies. Maybe I think that all what the state government want Maybe Jai's Bank has those conditions. Mm, that has put, met those conditions for them. That has put that maybe put in place. When you look at the Jai's Bank will have sixty percent, mm. while the Plateau State Government will have forty percent. Mm. So when you look at under Istina, that all the conditions governing law of contracts, this is that is offer acceptance, consideration, in, intention to create legal relationships, all are embedded under this istina. Now, what Giant Bank is going to do is going to provide the fund for the rebuilding of the judgment market. While the Plateau State Government is going to provide the land 
okay. for the rebuilding of this just market. At the end of the day, when this market has been completed mm-hmm. and the Giant Bank has done everything necessary, now the market is in place. From the agreement, from the John Bencher agreement, and from the discussion that you brought into this year's studio, from what they have said, mm-hmm. and from some members of the technical committee, what they have said. After that, the Jai's Bank will now sold the 60% of their shares mm-hmm. to the general public. After selling that 60% to the general public, now the Plateau State Government will issue lease for 40 years for those who bought those 60% shares. From the Jai's Bank. From the Jai's Bank. Mm-hmm. Now the Plateau State Government now, they will give 40 years certificate to those ones that they bring they, in. Those that brought it from the Jai's mm. Bank. Now the Jai's Bank house would going to be off. And the Jai's Bank can decide whom they want to sell their shares Yes, to. yes, because the Plateau State Government has the, the house her own 40%. Why the Jai's Bank has 60%? Jai's Bank, after completing the market, they will just solid because they are, they are doing business. Mm-hmm. But some of your guests, they are, they are missing this, this thing These up. two points. Okay. Yes, with Skook. Mm. Why Skook is a different... This is a, this is initiative by the Central Bank of Nigeria, CVN. Even other commercial banks used to go to the CVN. But Jais is private. J- J- yes. Jais, Jais is not issuing school. Mm. It's the Central Bank of Nigeria that issues school. Okay. So what do you want people to understand? What I want people to understand under this issue. You know some, they are bringing that, like they are going to Islamize Plateau State. What they are going to do is because of this issue, as you said, that just not is more volatile. Mm. Because of a lot of, we have a lot of crisis here in just between the Muslim and the Christians. Mm. And sometimes the politicians are not sincere. Mm. And at the same time, because Governor Lalong mm. has tried to be like, he is more allied with the Muslim community in just not. Mm. That is why most of the politicians from your observation from my observation because when you look at Mm. there are some appointments before which are not given to the Muslims Mm. now under this current administration Muslim so he he, he says he's practicing inclusivity yes but Mm. no the politicians in Plateau Mm. most of the politicians are not seeing it from this perspective Mm. now they are even when you look at do you think they should see it from that perspective yes see that issue of inclusivity when you look at this issue of Jais Bank myself from my little investigation, mm. most of the states that get loan from Jaiz Bank mm. are most from the state that majority of them are Christian, not Muslim. Mm. So some states have benefited yes, from Jaiz Bank. benefited from the Like Jais which Bank. states? Like when you look at like states like Abia, Anambra, other states. Okay, in the southeast. Huh? The southeast and southwest. Okay, in okay. South, south. All right, let me allow Mr. John Keller mm. jump in quickly. Yeah, basically, you see, um, let me just make some certain clarifications here that... I have received certain calls from my friends because I have friends across the divide um, from Kano, from Jigawa, from Bruno to be specific, Mm. asking me questions concerning the troubling issue on the plateau. Mm. And I want to make this very clear that no saner plateau indigenous is against the reconstruction of the main market, Mm. except for the fact that the issues you have alluded to that people are raising concerns about the parameter mm-hmm. that the government used in arriving at the 40-year plan. Mm-hmm. 
People are also looking at the current side of the market. Is it still viable for that kind of business transaction? And why can't the government collect loan from even the Jaish Bank to finance the project instead of the partnership agreement? We're also looking at the timing of the project. Is it real bounded as it is now? This is the transient period for this administration. Then the issue of trust deposit that deficits that we have raised. And now let me take it further this way. That when the visioner of this um, main market or this edifice, late um, Joseph Gunwalk, who was then the commissioner of police, as at the time he laid the foundation of this edifice, that was in 1975, he did not envisage the kind of porosity that we are having within the surroundings of the market right now. I believe absolutely that within that period, most of the surrounding environments were virgin lands yes. and they were clear topographic areas mapped out. Mm. And you will agree with me that in the history of Plateau State, it was Joseph Gonwork that created the Greater Just Bukro Master Plan. And that master plan was to see to the uh, graphic infrastructural deposit in certain areas. So if that market was situated within that period, he knows certainly that within that time that the market was going to absolutely you know, serve the people of the state. But unfortunately, his lifespan within that period was cut short when he was executed within that period. And the market remained so until 1979 when Olusegun Obasanjo handed over to the civilian administration. And as it were, it was Solomon Lard that took over from 1979, and then he continued with the massive infrastructural development of that market. Not until again in 1983, that General Muhammadu Buhari, the current leader of uh, Nigeria, took over through a coup again. And then it was commissioned in 1985. Now... I want to put this very clearly. The concentration of the argument concerning the reconstruction of the market has always been on the Jahish you know, negotiation and the MOU. Mm. But people are not looking at the technical aspects of the issue, as the case may be. Because there are certain things that we need to understand for us to have a clear perspective of what is on ground. We have what we call risk analysis. We have what we call... Um, environmental audit assessment and in these forms and I want to ask the government the government when he assembled all the stakeholders of Plateau State the government did not in any way try to educate the people concerning what happened in 2002 when the market was burned. Because I believe within that period, a commission of inquiry was said to look into the burning of the market and come up with a position. The government did not tell people that these are these. The committee that was set up, this was the report that the committee came out with. And that is where the issue of risk analysis comes in. And what is risk analysis? Risk analysis is a technique used to identify and assess the factors that may jeopardize the success of a project or achieving a goal. And in risk analysis, you do two, t three things in risk analysis. You do risk identification, you do risk analysis, and you do risk evaluation. Because in this essence, what you will achieve when you do risk identification and risk analysis and risk evaluation, the essence is to recommend measures to manage the risks or harm that may occur.
But unfortunately, we have not seen that happening. Mm -hmm. And the case is that you now establish what are the security bridges and then what are the technical missteps and what are the infrastructural failure. So you so feel the, the people need to know these things. They need to understand because when you bring out the white paper of what happened in 2022, then that is where the issue of risk analysis now comes in. So what's I'm the saying, risk for you? What do you think the risk for The risk is that I, I, have, I have said here severally that once you analyze these risks, mm. then you now come up what with what they call the calculator risk. risk. My risk is based on the perception of the people. Mm -hmm. The current location of the market, the viability, because all these things have not been integrated into the MOU. So certain actions could also happen that will impede, you know, the success of the market as the case may be. Okay, let's wait. Then, just hold on. Let's throw in Mr. Silas. Silas? Hello, Silas. Can you hear me? Yes. Uh, so, we, um, thank you. I can hear you. Uh, good to reconnect back. Uh, uh, say this. Uh, I think that the market issue has been over. Developed in my have a space uh, that was, uh, I think, yeah, a JFM space that spoke about, uh, discussed about this market issue. Okay. Uh, or read uh, the, the entire uh, uh, MOU uh, between the Battered government and uh, the Jais Bank. Uh, let me come from this angle. Since the matter is already uh, in court, uh, it will be unfair for us to want to dissect these issues uh, in the open. Uh, so we'll just come from the uh, maybe advice angle or maybe what our opinions are as regards this market. I, I like what the, uh, the, the barrister said, uh, but let me quickly correct this impression. Uh, he made mention of the fact that uh, some politicians on the plateau uh, are not comfortable uh, looking at the battle state uh, government and the current serving governor who has appointed Muslims. Please, um, at the level of his education, I want to believe he understands the use of certain words that can be a bit hard and unfair to others. Um, I, for instance, I come from a family where there are Muslims and I'm a plateau indigent. So he should understand that before Governor Lalong, Muslims were appointed into the state executive council and check. Oh dear. Other appointments Muslims being appointed and it is a certain Lalong who has done that as a first governor. That is very wrong. We have plateau indigenous who, who are Muslims, so we shouldn't be looking at it from the Muslim angle. Rather, I think he should look at it from those who we feel are, you know, in the state and not necessarily indigenous and being given the opportunity to be part of governance of the state where they are currently, you know, uh, residing. Now, let me look at this issue from this angle. The market itself, like uh, my colleague who just spoke now, uh, you know, was actually uh, put there because at the time it was constructed by the uh, previous admission from the JD Gomok down to uh, Atukum era. Well, is the market location in the present day Nigeria and Plateau State the best of location for it to be now? Now, when we talk about the just master plan. Under the Jonah Jang administration, we had what he called the new just master plan, where he felt to decongest the city center was an idea to expand the state. And I recall that even while that market was, uh, 
having some skeletal services after it was bombed uh, in the 2001 crisis. If you go, the people are still doing business under. I personally have gone there to do business under that market that was uh, in that condition. People were asked to move to the cable satellite market. Oh dear, the network. There was a, a real in that same location. For me, it's not wise. Whatever the agreement between the Plato State Government and Jai's Bank is at the moment, we will not be able to talk about this since the matter is before a mm -hmm. court. And yeah, but is, we're just trying to educate people still to understand Sorry, what it means. I said we're still just trying to educate people and inform them to understand what the agreement is. In any case, whatever we're not judging, we're just giving them information so that even when the judgment or whatever it is they decide on comes out, at least you know they know they're making yeah, an informed you know, decision. Also, you know, when you talk about um, uh, the market itself, I think it is one thing that. Uh, has generated a lot of fears and concerns. And I think it should be unfair, like I said, for us to want to double more into it since it is before it got I'll still insist on that. But let's even look at what the governor, you know, having done a couple of uh, consultation and some stakeholders meeting uh, in the past one week or thereabout. Uh, I understand uh, he asked uh, the uh, state assembly members to go and, you know, consult widely. Mm -hmm. And Zoe, I have not been in the state for some time now, but I tell you, I have followed and monitored every happening in JOS. Mm -hmm. And the truth of the matter is that the reports coming from these local government or uh, state constituencies has, has been uh, the, 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 the one voice kind of thing. Mm -hmm. The people are saying no to that at the moment. Whatever it is, let the governor put that on hold. We have other issues that he should. That's the position. All right, so the people are saying, hold on. Anyways, like I said, it could generate one trillion naira annually, it can give a GDP of almost one trillion a year. General public shouldn't be accepted. It's something we don't know behind it. Mm. And the governor can just go ahead and sign that this and well, that's the reason. That's the reason, Mr. Silas, why we keep talking about it, so people can better understand. And then, because it's, it's a lack of information that is putting fears in people's hearts. While the phone lines are open, you can join the conversation. Please make your comments brief. Let us know your location, where you're calling us from, and your name. And please don't take the whole time. Zero nine zero five five six in four places nine nine zero nine zero nine eight eight four eight eight four eight. Hello and good morning. Hello, good morning. Welcome. Yes, my name is Obina. I'm calling from Bukuru. Let's talk, Mr. Obina. What news are you tracking this week? Yes, the news I'm tracking this week is that uh, the Nigerian uh, defense mm. has come out to debunk that uh, the federal government gave them them SUVs. That is the news I'm following. Okay. That only it only only the first government has supported them with five vehicles. So I am asking the federal government should tell us who they gave that money. That one point fourteen billion is it trillion never they gave to Nigeria. And now the defense minister of Nigeria has come out to debunk it. So you see there's something fishing. Thank you. Okay. All right. Thank you so much uh, for that observation. Hello and hello and good morning. Hello. Good morning. Hello, good morning. 
morning, Joey. Welcome. Benedict, Chuku is calling from Alihiri. You see, um, the issue of the just no market, I don't know where we are over floating this particular issue. If democracy is defined as the government of the people, by the people and for the people, and the people of Plato State, the taxpayers, of whom their money was used to be the market initially, and the same people, the returns of billions of naira, billions of naira that we generated will be affected in their life, either positively or negatively. These people are coming together to say, we don't want this market to build. The timing is wrong. The position of the market, please take it to somewhere else. I don't know where we should be flogging it. The, 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 the government of the state, sir. Please listen to us. And well, listen to you, people you, you may think we're flogging it, but you don't know how important it is to flog it because we know that these are people who don't really listen. So it's good we flog it, so it, it, we flog it right into their okay. brains. Okay, yes, yes. The, the journalists should, 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 should create awareness, but then the people that are involved, the people that are concerned, should understand that the people have simply come to say they do not want, they are comfortable. As a matter of fact, look at the Zerere Stadium here. I'm looking at it here now. It is almost on the comatose. Champions League will be played, the African Champions League. We don't have a stadium here in the plateau. Why don't you invest the energy here and then grab the opportunities that are going to come up from this particular uh, stadium instead of going to build the market at the, at, at, at the end of the administration and saying, no, please listen to the people and do not be the market. That's my take. All right. Thank you so much. Hello. Good morning and welcome. Zero nine zero five five six in four places. Nine nine zero nine zero nine eight eight four eight eight four eight. You can also drop your comments on our feedback handle, facebook.com forward slash JFM Joss, Twitter at JFM Joss. Welcome. Hello. 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 Welcome. Good morning. Morning, this is Mr. Naya speaking to you from Josh. All right, Mr. Naya, let's talk. Yeah, so um, truly, I'm of the opinion that the governor should give a listening ear to the people of the Plateau State, and as well as let them go back to the cause of the boning, to what happened in 2002 that caused the boning of the market. Because the Plateau people, citizens, need to know the cause of the market, why make it in that 2002, so that. Before we come and then, okay, back on another zoning that has no end or has no good result at the end of the day. And another thing, it's not all about the market alone. We have other issues to be set, which government needs to know. It cannot just work over. Like what? Like what other issues? Okay. What about the issue of the insecurities we're talking about in the state? And then the, the things like... Uh, uh, the infrastructure that the plateau state lack and other like uh, the 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 JIB, which is the employment youth are lacking what to do we are back farm and other things all right thank you so be, much for your observation yeah, you consider those things into into consideration we we uh, we appreciate your inputs thank you hello good morning and welcome hello are you there hello hello Hello, good morning, Zoe. Your guest. Good I'm morning. Radio Mama. It's Radio Mama. I don't know. I'm calling from Nigeria. Um, the, the story I'm following is uh, about this uh, lockout, you know, that happened. And they, they suspended it by two weeks. And, you know, for me, it was a rough one because I knew they resolved it because it concerns them. But what, what, what uh, I couldn't understand is they are now in a. They came up with their blame game. The why they have not been able to achieve 5,000 megawatts because of um, short supply of gas. Uh, because God so kind, they didn't mention PDP this time. 
this is unfortunate. Five uh, five megawatts, assuming uh, five thousand megawatts, assuming they achieve that, is it what we need? We should be talking about thirty thousand megawatts for now. You know, I can't understand the kind of ambition we have in this country. It's really unfortunate. You know, and I can't understand how a government will wait, any responsible government will wait for something to become a problem to become an emergency before resolving it. It's the same thing with a just broken agreement. It's the same thing with ASU. ASU, the ASU issue, please let them resolve it. Let them allow them to migrate to Utah. And then let's start from there, you know, and then take it up. They, if they migrate to Utah and pay them their salaries, they can go back and close their eyes. If they want they, 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 our children to sit on the floor, fine. Thank you, Radio Mama. We appreciate your time this morning. What news are you tracking? We've shared with you what we're tracking uh, right here. Good morning and welcome. Hello, are you there? Hello? Hello, good morning. Hello, good morning. Welcome. My name is Vera, calling from Okay, Mr. Jared from Old Bukru Park. Let's talk. You see, when you have bad leaders on top of the government, these are the things we will be seeing. You cannot have abandoned projects like this stadium, and then you want to start a new project by building the terminals. Look at the stadium that will generate revenue. How much will it cost? How much will it cost him to finish this stadium? And he's talking of market at this end of his regime. Huh? Let him stay in the stadium or go and do that GID. So maybe maybe his style is that he works best under pressure now. You know, some people work best that way. Uh-huh. Some people won't do what? People work best. Some people work best under pressure. So, you know, maybe this is how best he works. Under pressure, no, last no, minute. No, no, no. no, no. In his first tenor, he would have talked of this terminus, not at this dying time. This end time that he knows that he's living the state, he's living the city, and he will now put that huge uh, amount of money in that market, which he knows that it, it's not him that will pay, it's the next government that is coming to come and pay. Huh? All right. Thank you so much. I appreciate your input. Uh, let's jump back into the conversation, gentlemen. And um, I have in the studio with me Mr. John Keller. He's a public space analyst. I have via phone Mr. Silas Patrick Dung. And I also have Mr. Adamu Idris Tanimu Esquire. He's a lecturer at the Faculty of Law, Bauchi State University. Another um, news that hugged the headlines this morning uh, was the news uh, concerning uh, the Paris Club uh, refund. But before we jump into that uh, people commented a lot on you know what they felt and uh, w- what is your take on that mr tenemo uh, my take on this uh, issue of paris club like when you no, on the comments that um really that was generated about uh, w- that we just got from the callers from the callers mm. uh, in respect um, in particular issue of this just main market most um they try to discuss uh, this issue of just main market mm. i think from from what I'm, I'm hearing from the general public is that they are no more interested of rebuilding this of this judgment market. I think the government is the government of the people should listen to the people. They are saying. But what do you think the people will be missing out on? If you know, they do you think this is an opportunity that they are missing out on? Yes, they are missing out a lot of opportunities because this main market, if it is rebuilt, mm. and at the same time. Because this matter is before the court of law. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lawyer I should not be supposed to be commenting. It's prejudicial. Okay. Because it's a radio station, just I would comment. Mm-hmm. Because it's before the court of law now. 
What I'm seeing, as you have in, in your right, that you said that issue of GDP and other things, mm. that when you look at now, most states are battling with internally generated revenue. But when you look at this market, every market is still at its, at its if, if the market is still functional, the state government maybe will generate a lot of revenue mm. from the payment of shop. But then, you know, one, one lesson I, I can take from this also is the fact that, you know, you should not, you, wherever you live, your location should not be known for violence. Yes, yes. Because yes. it affects how investments, you know, yes, yes. Like uh, this, your like, fortunes like this your issue, Like this issue of uh, just not is synonymous with violence sometimes. It's not encouraging to say that area. Well, I guess the local government chairman has a lot of PR yes, work yes, to yes, do. Mr. Yes. John Keller. Yeah, basically, initially, I was making a point concerning the, the risk analysis, and I also mm. talked about the environmental you know, audit, and which a lot of callers have commented on it. And on the aspect of the environmental audit, in other to tie it up with uh, some of the calls that we've gotten, because what is even the essence of the environmental audit? Because the purpose of environmental audit is to assess the nature, you know, an extent of risks of harm to human health from con uh, contaminated um, land, waste, pollution, or any other activity. And that shows in clear terms that since we are not working towards looking at what happened in 2022, that shows that clearly we may not get it right, even if the market is reconstructed at the end of the day. And then secondly, again, you remember that the governor had mandated the members of the House of Assembly to have interactions mm -hmm. with their various constituents. And, and just yesterday, I got a flash. I'm from Just North local government, right? And a key player and a stakeholder as far as the Just North you know, is concerned. Mm -hmm. And I was shocked to know that that um, a meeting was held yesterday involving the SSG and the chairman of the local government, you know, and other people, you know, that they endorsed the position, you know, of um, the rebuilding of the market. And I want to say very clearly that as far as I'm concerned, I belong to the just northwest part of the constituency. We held a stack, uh, stakeholders meeting that was on the 15th of Monday to actually look at this turning issue mm -hmm. that is um, bedeviling the state. And the local government chairman was around and it was conveyed at the instance of the member of the House of Assembly, Honorable Surveyor Esther Semidusu. And at the meeting, it was unanimously agreed by the majority of the people who were at the meeting that the government should put on hold the issue of the reconstruction of the main market, citing most of the issues that we have raised here. And I'm pretty shocked that yesterday that document came from the office of the SSG or whoever. And I want to say here that I am challenging the chairman of Just North Local Government, Honorable Shehubala, and challenging the SSG, Professor Danladi Atu, to produce a contrary document with what I have, because I have the attendance of those who attended the meeting, I have the questionnaires and the percentage, because those who voted against the reconstruction of the market were about 75%, and those who voted against, they were 20%, and then we have 5% who were undecisive. Then, then you can't just gag up the entire local government and take a certain decision without the involvement of other critical stakeholders. Even the member of the House of Assembly representing just Northwest constituency was not even part of that meeting. An invitation was not even extended to her to attend the meeting to discuss such issues. And I always say that policies are made for the people. 
And when you make certain policies, you have to listen to the people. Policies are not made for animals. And if the people reject such policies, then you have to reframe, recalibrate, and probably you have to rethink. Right. Think Thank outside you so the... much, Mr. John Keller. Okay. Uh, Mr. Patrick, I know we've flogged this issue enough, so let's leave it right here. Governors of the 36 states of the Federation yesterday lost their cool and descended verbally on the Attorney General of the Federation, AGF and Minister of Justice Abubakar Malami's son over his utterances in respect of their stance on deduction of $418 million from the Paris Club refund. Mr. Silas Patrick, let's get your take on this as we wrap up. Oh dear, wait, we'll call you back. It's not clear, we'll call you back. We'll call you back, please. All right, um, let me allow Mr. Tenimu jump in, and then Mr. John. Let me get Mr. Patrick back on the line. Go ahead, please, Mr. Tenimu. Uh, in respect of this issue of Paris Club and with the Office of the Attorney General of the Federation, you see, one of the irony with this current administration is that the current administration, when court of coordinate jurisdiction gives order in Nigeria, the current administration is not obeying these orders. Mm -hmm. But one hold on, hold on. Uh, go ahead. Because one of the irony yesterday there was a program with um, um, in channel with uh, Femi Falana SAN mm. is listening the foreign judgment that the federal government will abide by it. But unfortunately, the current government is not abiding by the by the by the uh, um, uh, judgment and orders of the court given by the court of coordinate jurisdiction in Nigeria. This thing will raise a lot of suspicion from the governors. Why the attorney general of the federation is in, insisting that the state government must refund or must pay this four hundred and something million to the this Paris club? Why? But when court in Nigeria give orders or judgment, the federal government sometimes refuse. Even when you look at in the case of the Suki, a lot even the um, a course court of human rights, federal high court, and some court, even at the court of appeal, give order, but this government refuse. But it's unfortunate that this government try to work with try to, a lot of impunity because the government is doing what they like. Only when there is a foreign order, they try to obey that because. They are afraid of sanctions by international communities. All right, Mr. That Patrick. Yeah, okay, so as for the next question. Yeah, before the next question. So, so I was trying to make a point about the um, Attorney General being the number one law officer of the country. Mm -hmm. uh, there are certain decisions that when he takes, uh, it affects the entire country. And I mm -hmm. thought that he should be more, you know, careful uh, in certain uh, decisions that he gets to take on behalf of the federal government and the people of Nigeria. 400 million, 418 million dollars is no small thing. We have an asset who has been striked for over uh, six months now, and we're talking about paying consultants of 418 million dollars. I, I would look at it from this angle, that because we have allowed many things to just go away, we don't question government when it is the right time to do certain things. How on earth are we looking at this amount of money in this year? Last week, the same attorney general came on air and was trying to clear the issues as what led to the deductions. He said, and I quote, that the governors had paid a part of this same money to the consultants to commission them to go ahead and then find a way around uh, this Paris uh, the recovery for Nigeria. 
Why are they now turning back to say that they do not agree with this amount of money? That was the Attorney General speaking sometime last week, I think last Wednesday or thereabout. Now, we cannot continue to run a country like this. That the same government who should stand for the people is the one who chooses what to do at the time they feel like. How many court judgments has this same Attorney General implemented? Why this particular one? Why is he insisting on this one? So there's more to some of these things than meet the eye. And Nigerians should actually ask questions. I am happy the governors are coming out to talk about it and they're speaking. It's because it affects them. The economy is going down. A lot of states cannot pay salary. We saw the state oil salaries uh, last week being released by, 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 by uh, uh, budget. And then this has actually... Is Plateau State among? <laughs> is Plateau State among the states? Of course, Plateau State is among, even though there's a disclaimer by the Plateau State government to say that they are, they are not owing salaries. But I have friends who said they have not been paid for a while, and I don't know why the government keeps lying. That they All right, Let, let's get Mr. John Keller's words too, and then we wrap it up, <laughs> gentlemen. Yeah, I just want to pick it up from just where he said, because the interest of the governors, you know, is bruised. That's why most of them are reacting. Um, because I know this has been a very serious issue over time, not today. Um, so, um, for the past two years or so, the government have, have been talking about the issue of um, Paris deductions, yes. you know, here and there. But unfortunately, what I see here is that, you know, most of the states actually have been owed because of um, the current low revenue profile, because the states are not creative, you know, in terms terms of generating additional revenues. That's why they are generating such issues in order to have these funds, you know, back to them. But unfortunately, like in Plateau State, I know for sure there are people who have not been paid for four months and some extent even to five months, they've not been paid. Mm. So what kind of disclaimer that the Plateau State government will put forth, you know, that the people are not being owed salaries? Because we know people, we interact with those who are working within the system and they can tell you for sure that this is a number of months that we have not been paid. And that's how bad the situation is. And I think I can link this one up Absolutely to the era of Amici and even Good Luck Jonathan, when they were insisting on even sharing, you know, the, the reserve that, mm. that we had within that period. And that affected the system between 2015. You remember within that period, most of the states were unable to pay their salaries because they were relying on the huge sum of money they get from the, uh, the federation okay. account. Mm. And, and, and that got depleted because of the revenue profile of the federal government, as it were. And, and that affected most states within that period. And the same thing is happening. This is the transient period for most governors. Really yeah, so well, governors actually so are working much, on getting all those stuff. Our time is up. This is the much we can take on the program today. Thank you so much, Mr. Silas Patrick Dung, a public space analyst, joining us from Abuja. We thank you for your time and for your analysis as well. Uh, have yourself a fine day in Abuja today. We appreciate your time. And also, thank you, Mr. John Keller, public space analyst. Thank you, Mr. Adamu Idris, Esquire, lecturer with Faculty of Law, Bautista University. Well, I hope there is something here for you on the morning, Jay. I hope you gleaned something. I hope you got information, education, and some good entertainment. I'm your morning angel, Zoe Machunga. Do stay tuned. News top of the hour coming your way after that, the midday show. Good morning. Have yourself a fine, fine Thursday morning. Thank you for listening to JFM Podcast.